0: in this episode i'm going to talk about my personal story of going through court to take rights away from my children's biological father and give them to my current husband their stepfather named canyon i believe this will help encourage and inspire you to ask god for a miracle and to ask god to make a way for something you desire even if you have to pray about it for a long time telling you some backstory will help the rest of this make sense to you I was married to a man who I had a child named Krista with. When she was three months old, he shook her. She survived it, but had very severe brain damage. We had to be investigated and go to court to determine what DCS and the court and the judge wanted to do about custody and rights. At the end of our court session, the judge told the DCS attorney who was trying to press criminal charges against Krista's biological father, that they could take the case to trial, but if they lost, it would be like nothing ever happened. And so DCS ended up making a deal with my now ex-husband, and I had no say in anything. I just had no control over anything in that situation. And so they told me the deal was that they would not pursue criminal charges if he would plead guilty to neglect and agree to supervised visitation only at my discretion. He also had to agree to go to drug and alcohol classes, counseling, anger management classes. Um, And then if he completed all of those, he could petition the court to potentially gain custody back. So I left that courthouse that day feeling very defeated. I asked God, why aren't you protecting us? Why did you let this happen? It's not fair. I felt very unsafe. I felt terrified to think that this person who did such damage to my daughter could potentially be holding her again and then potentially in the future be alone with our children again. So I was upset with God because I didn't understand his plan. And going through all of that, I was also a full time caregiver for Krista, who had just recently been shaken. So my entire world was just turned upside down. And for some time after that court date, I called several attorneys trying to get justice for my daughter. I wanted my ex-husband to be put in jail for what he did. And in the meantime, I, you know, being Krista's full-time caregiver, I was spending a lot of energy fighting a battle that I was never meant to win on my own, but I was trying to force that to happen. And so I was trying to take it into my own hands instead of asking God for discernment for what He wanted and asking Him for peace. So I ended up doing one supervised visit per month with my ex-husband and children. We would meet in a public area, a park, McDonald's, places like that. And eventually God placed the word forgiveness on my heart because harboring the anger and unforgiveness was not sustainable. So he revealed to me that I needed to surrender my frustration and heartache to him. He wanted me to let him deal with consequences and justice and to stop trying to deal with it all on my own. He wanted me to forgive my ex-husband, even though he wasn't sorry, so that I could have peace and that I could move forward. You may be thinking of someone, as I talk about that, who you might need to forgive and who God may be putting on your heart to forgive. And they may not even say sorry. And just remember that it's not about them, it's about you. Sometimes you need to forgive so that you can move on. So I trusted God and I chose forgiveness. And choosing forgiveness wasn't a one-time thing. I have had to choose again and choose again and choose again and choose again. 70 times 7, like it says in the Bible, to forgive and forgive and forgive. And to this day, when I start to miss Krista because she did eventually pass away, I sometimes have to forgive him again because... I think to myself if it wasn't for you she would still be here and so I have to stop that and forgive. So I obeyed what God was calling me to do even though there were others who voiced their negative opinions about it. Sometimes people are not going to be happy with you choosing to forgive and it's because they can't understand. They can't they're not in your shoes and they don't You know, they can't understand what God is calling you to do because they're not hearing from God you are. So I let go of trying to get him put in jail, and I took that time to focus on other things like God's word, myself, and my daughters. I want to mention that just because I surrendered it to God did not mean that it was easy or that I didn't experience fear, anxiety, sleepless nights, things like that over the situation. I was so scared that my ex-husband would do what the court said that he had to do and petition the court to possibly get custody back. I was terrified. The thought of him being alone with my kids was just unbearable. It made me sick to my stomach. And so when I began thinking about the what-ifs, I had to remind myself God is still in control of the situation and I just have to trust whatever happened and trust that it was His plan. So I still remind myself of that when I face something that scares me. So when you find yourself thinking about the what ifs, you can come up with a million scenarios in your head. The what ifs, the what ifs. But that is not helpful. It doesn't serve you. And so what does serve you is just surrendering it to God and understanding that he's in control of your life. And the what ifs, you know, have no place because he is the one who's in control and he's going to work it out for your good. So some time went by and it seemed as if My ex-husband was not going to petition the court, even though he constantly threatened to if I didn't comply with what he wanted as far as, like, visits with the kids and stuff. So I got married to my current husband, Canyon, in 2019, which was over two years after Krista was originally, you know, shaken. So the last visit that my ex-husband ever had with our kids was the month before I married Canyon and so for whatever reason after I married Canyon my ex-husband avoided doing visits and he blamed everything on me for not doing visits but I never kept you know I never kept them from happening at least once per month so I met an awesome attorney at the children's hospital who advocates for patients there I just happened to be Um, at the hospital with Krista for something and one of the caseworkers told me that there was this new attorney and he's advocating for people and that I should talk to him. So, I set up a meeting with him to ask what my options were as far as terminating rights because even though it had been two years since that original court date since Krista was shaken, I was still praying for God to make a way for us to be able to terminate his rights. And so, I was just frustrated because Canyon could never take Krista to appointments because he wasn't a, quote, legal guardian because her biological father still had rots. And so we could never make him the legal guardian. And so it just made things more difficult, even though Canyon was her father and he was taking care of her every single day. So the attorney mentioned that after four months of no visits, the court may take our case to terminate his rots and then give them to my current husband, Canyon, through a step-parent adoption. And so it had been around four months at that time when I talked to this attorney, it was perfect divine timing. So I began trying to find another attorney outside of the children's hospital to take our case to a judge. So I spoke to an attorney and he agreed to take the case. If my ex-husband had arranged a visit before we had gotten it into the court, then we wouldn't have been able to pursue it. So you can imagine that I was nervous and I was just trying so bad to just trust God and to be still and to let him handle it. So I was very nervous that he would arrange a visit, but I was praying that he wouldn't. I spoke to that attorney on a Friday and he asked to meet with me on Monday. So the retainer fee which had to be paid by then was $3,500. And I didn't have it, but I told him that I would by Monday. I was just stepping out in faith and saying, I believe that God was putting this opportunity in front of me, and one way or another, I am going to get that $3,500 by Monday. So I prayed the entire weekend that God would somehow provide the money, and he did through social media. So I met with the attorney, and he started to work on our case. We submitted it and then started a long process of waiting. While we were waiting for our first court date to arrive, Krista was placed on hospice care, and then after two weeks, she passed away. So I was sad that she didn't make it, you know, long enough to be able to change her last name and to be adopted by Canyon, and because Canyon was a man who helped take care of her every single day, and I just felt like she deserved to have his last name and he deserved for her to have his last name and also I was hopeful that you know she would never have to see her biological father again which she didn't because she was in a much better place than earth so our court date eventually arrived and I was beyond nervous like beyond nervous I had a different kind of anger towards my ex-husband after Krista passed away which I was not expecting I knew it would be very difficult after Krista passed away, but I did not realize that there would be this new anger inside of me that she was really gone from this earth. Mm -hmm. So I had to pray for God to help change my heart for that, and also to just help me get through all of those emotions during such an emotional time. So the day before we had our court date, Canyon and I circled the courthouse seven times in prayer. Mm -hmm. And we got this concept from a man named mark batterson who wrote the book the circle maker Um, we love that book i highly recommend that book and so i had been praying for three years at that point for god to make a way for us to be able to terminate my ex-husband's rights i was nervous yet so excited to see my prayers being answered right before my eyes so on the way to the courthouse we played worship music we were in complete surrender because god was the only one who could work out the situation for our good, and we knew that. So our first court session lasted all day. My ex-husband was fighting against terminating rights, even though at that time he hadn't seen either child in over a year. So he was on the stand the entire day, and it was agonizing for me. His attorney kept bringing up things that were completely irrelevant. I left feeling exhausted, but also hopeful. Our attorney said that he was surprised we'd be going back for another day because it's usually decided and done all in one day. We did the same routine for the second court session day and we prayed around the building, we asked others to pray for us, we prayed on the way to the courthouse and all through it. I can't even remember a moment that I wasn't saying some kind of prayer in my head. So I was on the stand the entire day. I was also around seven weeks pregnant and very nauseated at that time so my ex-husband's attorney tried his best to frustrate me the entire six hours so once again his attorney his attorney wanted to drag it out and asked for another day so our our attorney was shocked that we were going into a third day and all of this took months in between we went back for the third court date and one of his witnesses didn't show up so they requested another day So I went in expecting an answer, and I left feeling so anxious to still not have an answer. So living in the unknown can be a very difficult place to be in. I hated it, but also it's during those moments, and I can look back and say this now, but it's during those moments that we learn how to have a complete dependence on God, like He calls us to do. So although it was hard, it turned out to be a blessing. And so, if you're going through a season where your future is unknown, I want to encourage you to surrender your fear, worries, and anxiety about it over to God. He can carry it better than you, and He's happy to do that for you. So, we went for our fourth and final day. I had to pray constantly in my head God, please calm my nerves. Give me a peace. Help me to do this, Lord. I need you. Give me words to speak. And both attorneys said their closing statements, and then the judge started reading off laws and regulations. And so as all this was happening, my stomach was just turning. I was trying to follow along, but was like slightly confused just listening to him say all these things. So he looked at us and said, you know, out of the four different things that we listed as our grounds to terminate... He said that there was clear and convincing evidence for three of them. So, all we really needed, I think, was like one. And we got three out of four. So, he ended the session by saying thank you. And I was thinking, wait, what just happened? Like, it's not like in the movies where the judge hits the gavel and says, guilty as charged, and you know exactly what's going on. Our attorney explained that we won and would come back a fifth time to sign the papers and do the official adoption. This was about a year after we originally filed the papers for this. So my heart just wanted to explode. I felt so much gratitude to God. I could not believe after all of the tears, prayers, anxiety, and lost sleep, my prayers had finally been answered. God heard my cries and he hears yours too. We may not know how or when or if he will answer, but when he does, he deserves all of the glory for it. 100% the only reason that rights were ever terminated for my ex-husband and that we are, have been kept safe from all of that is because God made a way. So the odds were not in my favor after the court made a deal with my ex-husband the first time that we went, that we went to court over the shaken baby syndrome. It seemed like there would never be a way to terminate his rights after that. But I decided to not listen to the odds and what the world said. And I chose to take it to the one who still does miracles and works on our behalf even when we can't see him working. Whatever you're going through, keep praying. Keep asking. Keep having faith. Keep standing on God's promises Keep pushing, keep persevering, keep hoping, keep believing. God is and will work all things for your good. Romans 8:28 says, "And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose." If you found this helpful and would like to know more about our story and learn the strategies that I have used to get through hard times, you can find my audiobook an audible or a hard copy version on amazon and the book is called going through trials with god seven lessons learned through shaken baby syndrome so i want to say a quick prayer over you to close this episode lord i pray for the person listening to this i pray that you will give them the strength and persevering to keep praying even if they don't see any evidence of something happening we know that you are working on their behalf And we know that you will work all things together for their good. Thank you for giving us evidence of that in the Bible. And thank you for still doing miracles. Please give them eyes to see you working. To see the miracles that you are doing in their life. Please give them the heart to be open to receiving your miracles. Please encourage them to keep going even when times get hard thank you, Lord, for the miracle that you will provide for them. Thank you for taking care of them, and thank you for working things out for them. We love you, Lord. Amen.